Oh, wait, actually, I'm going to take one more bite of this veggie wrap first. I'm going to sip my lemon water. I'm just wild up in this bitch. I love this drink. Oh, wait, you really are taking a bite of the veggie wrap. Okay. No, I am. I'm so hungry, babe. (laughs) Sammy, please use this part. (laughs) (laughs) I am am dead serious. Please use it. (laughs) That can be the opening tag of the whole whole episode. I love this veggie wrap. Fierce. 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 I love this podcast. Fierce. Fierce. Weather. Fierce. Food. Fierce. There's weather. Hello, I'm Joey Nolfi, Entertainment Weekly's RuPaul's Drag Race reporter and breaking news weather correspondent coming to you in celebration of this week's kitty-themed runway. We are live from the eye of the storm as we broadcast today from the Tuckahoe Cat Cafe, where a kitty hurricane is sweeping the nation as we prepare to mount a search and rescue mission for a woman who famously asked, where's my kitty? But we unfortunately lost her this week in the process. Miss a mandatory meeting later in the episode. Okay, so 100 would be 25. Carry the one. What are you doing? Oh, sorry. I was still trying to figure out what's $5,000 divided by four (laughs) queens. I'm Jillian Cedarholm, EW's news director. Okay, what's the answer? And what can you purchase with the winnings? I think fame games. (laughs) Fame games is the answer, (laughs) yes. Um, Jillian Jillian Education (laughs) Closet. That is uh, your new name. But... Dear listeners, I actually, I, I'm sorry. I, wait, I'm getting something in my ear. We have, I have to cut in here to report that the kitty hurricane is increasing in intensity and frequency. Prospects for our survival are indeed looking grim. Uh, it, it is looking like we're dying for journalism today, unless a miracle can pull us through. Fret not, Maya Amon LePage descended from the great Florida bar banister in the sky, scooped us up, and has lifted us out of the kitty hurricane and we can now safely bring you the rest of this episode okay so in this scenario why is maya (laughs) apparently dead and in heaven sorry why by q is maya dead in heaven she's not deceased she just lives in the clouds among the goddesses every time it thunders that's just maya up there flipping around yes she's jumping off of her little box and Yes, how dare you question where Maya lives and why she's in the sky as a goddess? Well, you recently cursed me to death, you informed me, <gasps> so I wanted on record if I die in the next what? six days. I did? You said that you, you every time you text a certain friend, somebody dies that you mentioned <gasps> in the text, and then you said that you texted them my name, Jill, <laughs> Ms. Jillian Closet. <gasps> no, okay, so Impending I have to doom. explain this. And, I am very certain that I explained this to Jillian Closet on we don't need to get our into old this. podcast, EW's Binge, that, okay, my friend Alice and I, shout out to Miss Alice, we have um, a text, like, every time a celebrity has died, well, I would say like 70, 70% of the time that a celebrity has died in the past, like, 15 years, we have done something, like, with that celebrity, like, Alice was at a club the night before Whitney Houston died is requesting Whitney Houston songs. I was like going on an Amy Winehouse rant um, positively, gently uh, before Amy Winehouse. Like we just anytime. So anytime a celebrity dies now, we check in and we're like, okay, I think I killed this person. Okay, that's too much. But this celebrity podcast host is watching her back. (laughs) Well, I know you are all purring with anticipation because – I know I need to get right into this episode, which is truly, to me, one of the most 
baffling cases of drag race judging I think I have ever seen. And we will get to all of that later. But I do want to start this off by urging all of our listeners to not only stay tuned for our exit interview with a mandatory meeting, but to go back and listen to last week's episode where Amanda came out as trans in a really emotional conversation. And you can read more about that on EW.com slash drag race as well. But let's get to this week. I mean, the, the Queen's return to the workroom and the foundation for drama is laid as Q has a bit of an emotional meltdown. I think realizing she is the Jan of the season, or at least production views her as the Jan of the season over not having won individually for the third time despite placing high. And she got a little annoyed when Plain Jane shaded her and was like, girl, I'm, I'm not going to complain about being in the top. But I know Plain Jane is getting a lot of shit and... She also now is clashing with Bob on social media. It's getting kind of ugly, but how, like, this moment isolated alone, I don't see this as any different than the queens who, like, pushed back against Alexis Michelle's Oscar-worthy moment from episode one on All Stars 8. Like, it seems like the fandom picks and chooses who they feel is an acceptable target for this and who isn't. And... It just seems like in certain scenarios last year, people like were on Alexis or, or, or were against Alexis Michelle when Alexis Michelle was crying about the same thing that Q, not the same thing that Q was crying about, but like it was similar in tone and everybody was like snapping when they cut to like certain queens looking shady at Alexis. But now in this scenario, it seems like it's kind of reversed. Like everybody is annoyed that plane is saying the same thing about Q. I I don't, I don't know. I guess I didn't fully get that vibe from the, the Queens and I guess we'll see more of how the fandom reacts to it individually. But I honestly was more on plain side. I done this one only because I, I do definitely get, a little annoyed by the Jans and the Lucys that are constantly upset over being safe. And then in this case, it was being upset about being in the top. Um, And the safe queens at least have the argument that they really just want to hear some critique to know if they're totally missing the mark or what they can improve upon. Whereas Q has heard feedback from the judges and she just missed a win by that much. Um, so I don't know, like, yeah, I was kind of like, okay, girl, this is maybe not the time we just had a really sad exit. So sometimes you got to save that and journal it and maybe not now's not the time. But then I did see like um, later, even later okay, Nymphia. back to Maya and Amanda. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I just imagine they all, well, we know that Sasha Valor kept a journal. She t- told us about on this yes, podcast. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. Later, Nymphia also made a shady remark about it to in the while they were watching the choreo. So I think it was something that did sort of rub people the wrong way. I don't think it was yeah. you know a, a hugely terrible thing of Q, but I was kind of like Ooh, cringy. Yeah, and I just I'm I I don't know how I feel about this because I feel like this is just I, it just feels like a scenario we've seen a very many times on Drag Race before, and yeah. I think it's kind of harmless in both instances. Like I think Q whatever if she wants to complain about this like she's going to complain about it it doesn't really strike me as something that's like oh she it's she's so crazy for you know complaining about this and it also doesn't strike me as crazy that someone like plain jane would take issue with this so like i don't know it just i just feel like we're repeating so many of these edited together scenarios yeah and especially with the 
girl group selection and the role picking. And it's just like this. Okay, we get this every single season, literally these exact same scenarios every single season. So I'm like, let's let's, you know, let's focus on something else here. Yeah, I think I think that's why some of the plain Amanda stuff has felt a little bit different because at least it was just two people kind of giving it to each other, at yeah. least Amanda hitting back. And so it's been slightly different oh, yes. plot than we've seen at times. Yeah. Um, so the next day, the queens do what's always a fun mini challenge where they have to shoot a cover for a fake oh, book, I love which it. Safira wins and credits the victory to RuPaul's obsession with her slew feet. <laughs> RuPaul then splits the girls into three teams, captained by Plasma for winning last week, Geneva for winning the lip sync, and Safira for winning the mini dress challenge, who then get to pick their own groups to perform to RuPaul songs from her Black Butter album. Megami is picked last, speaking of things we see time and time again, and breaks down about it later, bringing up that it triggered some past traumas with bullying. Later, the queens prepare choreography on stage after everyone doubted Geneva, which also Geneva's team, which also consisted of Maya, Nymphia, and Megami. They end up doing pretty well with drill sergeant Maya whispering choreography <laughs> at the others, or as Safira, like I cracked up at this, she said, Oh, that's why they're whispering. They got ASMR as a song, yeah. which was so funny. Uh, while some others, I think we saw Plain Jane, Tsunami, Q, did appear to be struggling a little bit with picking up their choreography. So for me, this is one thing I would say I'm bored by. Sometimes yeah, I fast forward through the choreography. I miss Jamal. And I also oh, care more about hearing the queens kikiing on the side than watching people do rehearsal. And then, you know, the edit of, oh, my God, she's struggling. And then the yeah, she wins it, it, or vice versa. Yeah, because it never like this. This is what I'm talking about is that this kind of thing. Like it felt fun when we were like maybe first seeing it, like, and especially if there's something new, like when Alyssa Edwards comes in with her pink clipboard and is like giving the queens, yes. like, that's a good moment. But this is just the same thing that we see, I think, season after season of like, okay, we know pretty much if a queen is struggling in choreo, like, she's either going to be safe or like do really well. And we know that if somebody like comes in and it's like, oh my God, and the queens are like, oh, oh my God, she's doing so well. Like Amanda, she's going to land in the bottom. Like we just, we know that this is, there's a formula to it at this point. And I think they need to, uh, they're underestimating their audience, I think, with these. Or unless they're just not getting anything interesting enough. Because show me a Mo Hart being incapable of doing a cartwheel over and over, yes. which was hilarious. Yes. Or when Rolaska Talk sees how great Katya's ta- performance is about to be in the final and all are like, oh my God, we're fucked. Yeah. That's great. But this, no. But I guess now we do know why Tsunami didn't do choreograph, <laughs> didn't do her choreo for a talent <laughs> show like Candy suggested because <laughs> maybe it was just a little too hard. Yeah. Um, but I did also this arc of somebody always being upset about being picked last. I just was yeah. like, I, I mean, I feel for you. I was someone who was picked like a, a rat on the ground would have been picked before me in PE class for anything. But also at the same time, this is the first time they're doing a group challenge. Megami, all they've seen from her is a sad lip sync holding up poster board. So like what would they think about like what would bring to mind, oh, she's going to be great at a girl group challenge versus Plain, who was also there with her who just won a lip sync and 
also won a talent show. So obviously she has the skills that will probably do well in that kind of a challenge. So I was kind of like, all right, I don't know if you need to get in your head this much over this. Yeah, I feel for Megami, though. I, I think that Megami is just she seems like such a sweetie. And I, you know, in those moments, it does kind of make me tear up of like when they're talking about being picked last. Um, this one, you know, she just, ugh, I don't, she just seems like such a sweet person. And I, while I do agree that it is repetitive, I still feel for, you know, the Queens in those moments, but I don't know. I think it is a little bit like we know what's going to happen every season. So it becomes a little bit less impactful each time when you're anticipating that it's going to happen. They set it up the same way every single season. So yeah. I don't know. Something else I was anticipating would happen is Geneva walking out there in the book cover shoot with her leg hair blown in the <gasps> wind, but ungroomed. I was, I was like, if I don't get a groomed leg hair look on Geneva, I know that probably was not enough time okay. during quick well, gra- Jillian, <laughs> Jillian and closet drag. Do you remember? Yes. I was going to say this is quick drag, and she uh, <laughs> famously told us in our interview, didn't she say it took like ten hours or something to do that? Yeah, it was something crazy. She could have done it all night in the hotel, every <laughs> night, just in case they were going to do a a, a mini challenge the next day. <gasps> uh, <I would laughs> Nothing love to else, see it. To do, right? Would love to see it. Okay, so we also got an explosive moment between Plain and Amanda, just like every other week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Q also still hurt from plain seemingly invalidating her feelings from earlier in the episode walked over to plain to clear the air while they were putting on their makeup and addressed it. plain took a dig at amanda by saying that she definitely has more respect for q than amanda who is not even involved in the conversation <laughs> and is this also has nothing to do with amanda's drag, drag even and amanda snapped she overheard it because she is right there even though yeah. she wasn't in the convo called plain the c-word and plain pretty quickly did seem to back down oh, from yeah. that oh yeah uh so i mean i don't know this was just a mess and it just and then it did seem like plain was coming off pretty genuine and her apology to q and they yeah, made up and i agree and plain even initiated the hug so yeah I just, I don't understand. Like, what is this dynamic? What is causing her to to still be doing I, this with Amanda at this point? I don't know. I think that it's like, you know, if you try it once and it doesn't, what like Amanda has shown plain literally every single time that she, A, will not stand for it. She doesn't like it. And B, that she is fully prepared with a full arsenal to... Come back and she's at so it. quick. She's so she's quick. She's so at quick it. with it. And the other queens all also seem to be living for Amanda's side of it versus plain. So if that were me, yeah. if I was in that situation and I was plain Jane, I I think I would be thinking like, okay, this clearly is not working in my favor. I think I just need to stop. Yeah. But I, uh, she did seem plain seemed super embarrassed in this moment like you could see her that kind of devilish glint in her eye was kind of gone and it seemed like she was like very taken aback and she was very like well it's it's just a joke girl like it's just a Mm -hmm. joke and i was like okay i i think that might be the moment that uh, yeah, but she still says in her confession, she's like, I swear I'm not a horrible person, but has yet to actually show that on the show and says something about it's Amanda's 
she says like Amanda's full drag arsenal is a boot for me or something like that, which is still, you know, rude. And then she says this thing about when an entertainer puts themselves out there on stage, it's fair game to criticize what they put out there, which first of all, she's not only criticizing Amanda's drag in every occasion. She's bringing her into things like, you know, the respect that was out of nowhere and not necessarily about looks. And then we have this, this moment that you yeah, uh, mentioned yeah, earlier with yeah, Bob, where yeah. she's all she's apparently hurt that she is going and listening to sibling watchery and other podcasts talking about her and getting all upset about them literally criticizing something she put out there on the show. It wasn't Burger Finger, wasn't for them. It also wasn't for me. But as long as you're not saying that makes her a horrible person. Maybe some people are saying other things are making a horrible person, yeah. but on the show, what we're seeing, like we're just criticizing that performance. Yeah, it's interesting because I think I, I and I try to make it clear all the time, like when we're criticizing something or talking about it, it's not like I always I, I've long had this issue with the fandom and a lot of the I think some of the contestants that speak out about this stuff where they try to say, like, if you don't do drag, don't criticize something. It's like that's not really accurate. Like, I mean there are plenty of people who are not film directors that go out and say that movies are bad. And there are plenty of people who are not musicians who, you know, people shit on music all the time on social media. And it's just like, even just think of every other reality show. You don't have to be a survivalist to, to disagree with someone's strategy on survivor. Right. Exactly. And I think that, um, there is a difference though, between like a reaction show where it's like, that's the premise of what it is and why people tune in versus I think just going out of your way to bring somebody else's, uh, something that you don't like into a conversation that doesn't really, uh, warrant it slash it's, it's, it's like, you're just bringing it up without being prompted. So yeah, I just, it, it, and, and again, like, in the interviews that we've done and all of that plane has been very funny. And I think this surprises me because this was not, I think what I was expecting when all of the Queens told us in those initial round of interviews that she was like rotted and like her <laughs> head needed to be examined. I think that's what somebody said, but like, I, I don't think I was expecting this. So it's, it's just interesting. Yeah. I'm still processing and maybe this is going to be Plain's arc is that it starts here. And as the show progresses, we're going to see some growth. Maybe I, I can't see any yeah. other reason as to why they would be focusing on this kind of thing this early in the competition. If it's not going to completely change uh, by the end of the season, I, yeah. I feel like we're building to like some big breakthrough moment with Plain, and maybe yeah, Plain that, that that's what Plain be. wanted. Yeah. It, that that could be. And I think that we did start to see it only when with Safira as a mother bear, which I really did love this moment. And Safira yes, does have I such a motherly too. presence, despite not really being much yeah. older than many of the girls. But I just know, it's this, weird. Like, yeah, calm motherly presence and plain definitely respected her. And she brought it up of like, you know, sometimes what you're saying, do you ever have people say that uh, maybe that wasn't nice? And I think maybe you might be misspeaking a little bit. So in the challenge, which thankfully saw the return of quote unquote permanent judge T.S. Madison, which like, okay, where is the permanence? We need her more. We need yeah. T.S. Madison on that panel every single week. She was serving some of the most hilarious faces she has ever done during the mm -hmm. performance. Like, 
I it was like she was feeling it so much that she was disgusted. Like that's what it looked like to me. And I was like, that is exactly how I watch this show sometimes. It's like I'm feeling it so much that I feel disgusted with myself. Uh, but Zafira's group performed to RuPaul's Star Baby. Team Plasma did Courage to Love and Geneva Geneva's did ASMR Lover. And I thought, I I mean, I, I truly thought that they all did well baseline well i think it was like everybody was solid there was no group that stood out to me as like that group was bad um i i I, the runway i think there were some well i think collectively it was good and the theme was faster pussycat wig wig which jillian yes that is i do know that that is a reference to one of my favorite movies that was released before 1970 so the runway i thought was collectively pretty great outside from maybe one or two but before we get into those looks i think we should talk about the performances because to me i mean team amanda like (laughs) i thought amanda did really well i thought safira did really really well um you don't think so I mean, I think she was like Q was definitely struggling, but I agreed with TS that I could see Safira running the motions through her head and she was really saving it. Like I think she's just is a performer. And so like she would like point to the other girls when she said something catty, I can't remember, but and things like that yeah, that, that were really, really good. But at the same time, I I did see her doing like one, two, three at her head or something that was just like a little surprising to me that she maybe wasn't as polished as I did think she should be unless Q was just maybe throwing me off next to her. Not that I thought Q was a total mess, but I thought that that group definitely was my my least favorite. And I think I preferred Dawn out of everyone in that group because the thing I really loved about all of these performances and actually the reason I agreed that Geneva's team won was the moments that they did something together. And in the first yes. group, the only time I really remember that was when they were, I think it's like Safira was doing her verse they were surrounding her. Were Dawn was together, in front of yeah. her. And suddenly Dawn went into her verse, like without skipping a beat. And I thought that was so fun. And the ASMR lover team, the way like they were whispering Maya while she was flipping and they all were like somehow or doing the arms with Megami. They all were somehow involved in each other's yeah. verses. It was never a time where I was like, oh, the camera's completely off of the rest of the group. Who knows? They could be like sitting down in the corner. They were always doing something. And for that reason, I really liked them as a team dynamic okay that makes sense on the team dynamic but i always look at this i every time i watch these challenges i never judge it for me as a group i am always looking Mm -hmm. at individuals and to me there is no scenario in hell in which amanda was in the bottom none and uh i also love that we got the second week in a row, this incredible vocal moment from the supposedly silent Maya Iman LePage with the whispering, <laughs> which is still yes, so that funny. Was really to me. fun. I just love Maya is, and I don't mean this in the way that it might sound immediately, but I feel like Maya is such a good, like, supporting character in this season because she does seem a little bit reserved. And we noticed this from the first time we we interviewed with her, but she is so good in these little moments that pop up here and there. And when she's performing, you are so in like intently looking at what she is doing because she is so not in your face in other aspects of the competition. So I think she's one of the most interesting Queens this season, just because she is 
I think unlike a lot of other personality types that we've ever seen on this show before, I'm actually kind of surprised that like I would be interested to see her audition tape. Like mm-hmm. I am I, because if she, I, I like I, it doesn't seem like RuPaul necessary. I think that's why Ru maybe said something to her about being a little bit reserved is that maybe her audition tape was super different than how she she is on stage, but. Um, I don't know. I just, I think that she is so funny. She's so interesting. I thought she did really well in this. Uh, but again, I, I, I just think we need to get to this judging, which. It, well, it, we, did you want to talk about the runways at all? I would just say that Safira, I think oh, was oh, yeah, far yeah, and above yeah. the, I loved that reveal yeah, same, of the cat yes. wig into Dr. Evil. It was I so was funny. Great. And I think it sort of overshadowed Nymphia's only because it was the same general concept. If I, if Nymphia had gone first, maybe I would have been like, oh, even more impressed. I loved both of those were my top two on the runway. Um, I also, I think while Amanda's look overall was not my favorite look on the runway, I think that it's just interesting to me because this is like the most drag she has looked on the runway so far. And I thought it was a big, interesting look. And I feel like the excuses that the judges gave for why they put her in the bottom is something that they would have let other queens slide by on. Like someone like Sasha Colby. If it was a similar look that maybe was kind of like, oh, does it really fit the theme? Does it really not fit the theme? I think they would have let a queen like Sasha Colby slide, whereas they didn't let okay, Amanda Okay, well, let's get into the judging, and then I have a lot more to say about this. Okay, because, again, this judging just didn't make sense to me. I think Team Geneva won, which, again, I don't think anybody I, – I pointed to anybody and was like, okay, they were doing bad. And I, I think I was feeling Team Plasma more, like – Again, there's there's just no way that I think Amanda did bad in this challenge, and I, I, I was just like at peak shock because they've been telling her that she has this drag aesthetic that is maybe not as elevated, and she comes out with this conceptual runway. She kills it in this girl group challenge. She was like really, really, really moving and singing. Michelle even said, and I quote, "Your energy, your performance was top notch." And then they proceeded to put her in the bottom with for things that had no relation to the challenge. Like she wound up in the bottom after RuPaul asked this question, like who should go home and why? And I think only two people said her, um, Safira, or no, three, Safira, Morphine, um, and... Uh, Q, who said two names Q. for no reason. Well, yeah, Q said two names, right. Oh, and plain, and plain. So like... I don't I don't know. It just it it didn't feel right to me. Um like how do you tell somebody that their performance is top notch in the challenge at hand, what the queens were tasked with doing, and then put eliminate her? It made no sense. Okay, well, I'm ready to tell you how. So RuPaul, who and, and I want to say, like caveat, I love Amanda. I'm devastated that she's gone. I think she's a great personality on the show, and I'm totally moved by her story that she shared with you on this last podcast. So I don't want this to be at all personal, but I mean, when I saw this performance, like, yes, in the rehearsal, I think Amanda won rehearsal. I think if she had asked to borrow a wig from anyone else in that room, she potentially could have won this challenge too i think her major we're talking performance only her major issue was she had a really 
bad wig, like a floppy out of the box wig. And it got in her face multiple times. I was like taking screen grabs of her getting like, tangled, kind of like Mirage was tangled in her wig or her ring and her wig last week of getting it like in her face. So she couldn't, I, I didn't even hear her her verse the first time because I was also kind of cringing like Michelle was in the in the edit of the wig being in her face and her stumbling. And then RuPaul did say before, during the critique, that she had a saggy butt and distracting padding that was also working against her. So when she was standing next to someone like Jane, unfortunately, who does look really good in the in the challenge and we know that Rue loves her aesthetic that does it is something that does come into play so I think for those reasons in the performance I think it, it was working against her the one thing I would say performance wise that I was really disappointed by in the judging was normally we do get this thing where um, and I think especially Michelle will often bring it up or maybe RuPaul of like hearing something in a verse and then asking like, oh, where did that come from? And so when I did re-listen to Amanda's lyrics without looking at the wig, and I'm I'm sitting here right now in a $10 wig that looks terrible. So I don't want to like come for anyone's drag. I just, I thought it was distracting as a performance wig. So, but her lyrics were really great. And I think like after you hear these lyrics and then you reread or listen to your interview with her last week we know exactly what she was referring yeah, to yeah she said someone told me who i am is wrong but now i trust myself i know who i am is strong no it doesn't matter who hurt me in the past because now i love myself and this is exactly what she told you like a really moving story about yeah, where yeah. this came from and if i think if michelle had been like hey your your lyrics were really deep like what were you referring to we could have had a really amazing moving moment even if she hadn't decided to come out of just talking about her struggle with a, a past potentially abusive relationship, or at least like bullying relationship that I think would have been really moving. And so that I also was disappointed in the, in the judging by. Yeah. Are, are you getting jilly and emotional right now? <laughs> I'm always jilly and emotional <gasps> when I'm, when I'm speaking with you, Joey. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm also getting emotional because I, I truly think so that a better wig and then I have the way that she could have won this whole episode with this runway. So I oh, did wait, not I know, I know what you're going to say. No, say what? it, say it, say it. Wait, can I say I mine not... first that you tell me if, okay. you're, if you're right? Okay. okay. So I think she could have said that she was um, the bird's eggs left over after a pussycat came in and ate the, the mother bird. Are you trying nest. to make a cunnilingus joke? I don't like it. So no, a that's bird? not what I was going to. Do you refer well, to that as a bird? Sorry, eating a I bird? Were, I thought you were saying something else. Okay. Uh, <laughs> eating, a bird. eating a bird. Do not cut that. Sammy, do not cut that. It is now eating a bird. <laughs> no. What, uh, no. But I did not even know that she was wearing a pussycat wig until she took off the the other heads and the lip sync because I because the other mannequin heads were wearing what appeared to be more like a bob wig, a, a bob the hairstyle, not bob the drag queen. So my solution is she and since and this and look she got did get called out for that and this is what she said when Michelle said how is this a pussycat runway? She said. It's a pussycat wig. The first thing I thought was cats. And so I was like, well, maybe there's a big nest and there are eggs. And I just sort of, just sort of, I don't know. I'm like, that was it. She didn't even try to be like, and then they crystallized. So my thought was, 
she wears she can look exactly the same because i agree that she looked really i really did like her makeup and her drag and her hair once i saw it come off so instead of a nest it could have been a cat bed instead of two mannequins wearing bobs it could have been two balls of yarn and then she writes where's my kitty somewhere on that on her outfit as a callback to her talent show and i thought that would have been really fun because then it's like a cat carrier <laughs> okay, you think that a bird's nest is but more reminiscent with mannequin I'm heads wearing bobs. <gasps> I'm not disagreeing with you. Oh my god! No, we're in a this fight. So I was just gonna say this is our own Amanda <laughs> and our- moment. Jeez, wow, oh, what's who? Fitting. Ma- oh, you know who's who. <laughs> you Oops. know, you immediately thought I was playing Jane. You know, you know. Um, no, I do think that that is a good, uh, that is a very good way of, of putting it. I think I'm just trying to fit like a square hole into a round pig when I'm like talking about, uh, like wanting to, I, I know, like, I just, I think know. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm also mad, but I guess I just don't see it as like, I'm, I'm burning down the judges over this one. I'm just no, really disappointed uh, and sad. I yeah, but I just think I I don't know. We know we've seen how the show operates in the past. This very easily I feel like could have been a performance where they just chose not to show the shots of Amanda, you know, pushing her wig back or RuPaul calling out her her butt padding. They very easily could have done that. So it just feels not right to me. And I also just don't get like from a TV perspective, why would you want? to eliminate the person who is giving you all of the drama with plain Jane this season. Like, I just don't. Yeah. That's what I really don't understand. You're getting rid of your prized villains, main adversary, yeah. unless as you are predicting, we're going to see like a An just arc. 180 on, on Jane. Or it plain. could happen. It could happen. I think it could happen. <sighs> I guess. But then I mean, so, but then it happens, but then she's carrying it over into real life to be back to what we're seeing know, on the show. Yeah, and then God, suddenly in real life, she's going to, okay, that'll be interesting. Yeah. So maybe, um, things did stay spicy and, untucked everyone in the bottom (laughs) since everybody else was in the bottom and i agree i always prefer when there is an individual winner in these things in an entire group and to me actually of that group maya was would be my winner yeah but we so everybody was just completely pressed tsunami was pissed that q said her (laughs) name even though she didn't even need to say two names so candy was coming out we saw the relation amanda and plain also traded words once again amanda saying she thought plain was a mean girl and that was pretty much the end to this chapter now that amanda is is leaving so Yeah. yeah i guess it is strange to me that so early we're getting rid of of that drama yeah completely because i think that has been a fun thing to follow I, I it wasn't like i mean they were after kind of at each other every episode but not in totally the same way where it was like oh not this again it was always something kind of different so I, I i also think it's weird that all of the queens in our first round of interviews like said that tsunami was the queen of untucked and it's like yeah we haven't really seen that yet so there must be some huge moment coming up with tsunami that- oh, i just got an alert on my phone oh. tsunami warning tsunami. <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that we are in the middle of a kitty hurricane so um yeah can you do a cat noise me yeah do it i'm great <laughs> 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 okay uh i just want to point out that i think it's 
there is also like a disconnect, I think, between what the fans are responding to and maybe what people on set are responding to, production is responding to in the room. Um, uh, you know, with Mirage and Amanda both leaving, and I feel like we're on the verge of another fandom riot after Amanda leaves. So I just think it's interesting, like the disconnect between what the fans are into and maybe what the judges in production is into. So um, I think it's something to watch out for going uh, in the season ahead. Um, but that's all for our recap of this episode. Stay tuned with our second interview in the span of one week with uh, Ms. Mandatory Meeting, this time, unfortunately, for her untimely elimination. Please stay tuned for more with a Mandatory Meeting. Hey, everyone. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. We are at it once again on EW's Quick Drag Podcast. We come to you in full corporate health for growth into the second quarter of my next guest's recent promotion to a mandatory mother status. Please welcome, for the second time in the span of seven days, which I don't think has ever happened before in the, in the life of this podcast, this time though, under very unfortunate circumstances that have completely broken my heart. I still can't wrap my head around it, but we're going to get to the bottom of it. Please welcome the always lovely Amandatory Meeting. Hello, Amanda. Have you seen my kitty anywhere? <laughs> I, you know what? I'm still looking. I, I think the kitty's out there somewhere playing with my heart because my heart is just smashed in a million pieces. Shattered uh, over and this tattered, news. It is shattered and tattered. It absolutely is. But how are you feeling today? Like, I guess, reliving all of all of this. It's really crazy. I've definitely been um, dreading today for a long time. Yeah. Um, but I, like, now that it's here, I'm kind of, like, having a blast. You know, I just finished another interview, and it was so much fun. And I just feel like I'm, like, you know, obviously, yes, I, I wanted to stay longer. But I think I'm happy with, you know, how I got to present myself on the show. And I feel like moving forward, it's, it's going to be nothing but promotions from here, girl. Uh Absolutely. Yes, we are moving up that corporate ladder. And okay. <laughs> we we did have a, a big week last week. I, I just want to go back very briefly because you so beautifully and eloquently came out in a really moving interview that clearly meant a lot to you in your personal journey. And also, I think fans reacting to the news. So yeah. I'm just wondering, how does it feel one week after that and seeing the kinds of reactions that you got to that interview coming out? Well, honestly, girl, full tea, I thought that interview was my exit interview. So I was, <gasps> what? I, th I thought that was my announcement on the way out. And then you were like, it's coming out tomorrow, baby. I said, sickening. Um, <laughs> so I, yeah, it's been like a cool little moment for me. Like, 
I had a gig that night and like everyone was like talking about it and they were just like, congrats, Amanda. Like, that's amazing. Like, we're so proud of you and happy for you. It was like really, really sweet and special. I, I am so glad to hear that, but I'm still, my mind is, I am still stuck on the fact that you thought that was your exit interview. I really did. I had, I was like, surely that's the reason this interview is happening. <laughs> Oh God. Okay. No, that is so funny to me. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm glad that we did it though. I mean, me that too. Was... no, I loved it. I had a great time. <laughs> it was, you know, again, I just have to say it meant a lot that you trusted me with your story and yeah, I of course. so glad it's out there in the world. Me now, too. So. Honestly, it, it, I, I, I was just saying this is somebody else, but I feel like, you know, in the, the interactions I've had with fans, like I, I guess online, but I don't know, the, to me, the internet is like, not a real place so i'm Ugh, like yeah people say people say lovely things people say horrible things it's like you yeah. kind of have to take it all together but um like irl like at the sh the gigs i've had since the interview came out it's like people have just been coming up to me and being so sweet and it's like it's this really crazy feeling of like i feel like the interactions are a bit more like full and complete because it's like they i don't know it's like they just see me more yeah like they see like the real me i guess well i it was interesting because my um my podcast co-host jillian she she was saying when we were talking a little bit ago she actually noticed that your lyrics to the song for the girl group challenge kind of mirrored what you had told me in well yeah interview. i mean that's i that's absolutely where i was like pulling my inspo from when i was right you know because it's like we're on Drag Race and they, they give you a song and they tell you to write lyrics and yeah. I won't tell you how many minutes they gave us, but it wasn't a lot. <laughs> so I literally was like, yeah, like well, I'm just going to pull from what is like fresh on my mind and my mm -hmm. experience. Yeah. Well, I think we even, what is fresh on my mind right now, like we even got Miss Plain Jane tweeting out some support for you. I I died. I know her. that was very sweet of her. It was sweet, although I did laugh very hard when she said she was like to my colleague. She clearly listened to the interview where you described oh, your yes. relationship as coworkers. Um, well, that, so, I mean that, but before I said that to you in the interview, I said that to her over text. So you know, okay. I was like, we're <laughs> we're coworkers, and yes. I will treat you with respect like a coworker. And I and we we came to an agreement. That that should be a mutual thing. Yeah. Well, was that is there an update on your standing with her since that interview and and you explaining where some of that that pain came from? Well, I did. Um, I saw her when I did Roscoe's. She came to she came up to support me and Miss Mirajica. Um, yeah, and so we we had some chats backstage in the dressing room. You know, it's it's very cordial. It's very respectful. It's That's you know good. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's I would say it's moving in a a, a positive direction uh, compared to what it was. So it got a promotion too. Uh, I would say a transfer to a different a department. <laughs> a transfer okay. to a different department. Love it, love it. We'll work with <laughs> perhaps, that. We will absolutely a, work with that. It was perhaps a lateral move. You know what I mean. <laughs> I love the way we are just for the past week we've just been working these corporate corporate lingo into these interviews. Well, and what's really funny is like my ex husband like is in the corporate world, so like oh, no. I a lot of this jargon I just stole from him, <laughs> and oh, now no. I'm making my fucking money on it. So it's yes, quite you are. Coin it, coin it. it. <laughs> well, 
let's get to this week, this challenge. I mean, was it because you were in the same? I mean, I don't want to, you know, tie your entire uh, drag Girl. race experience to plane, but like, I mean, and can I get... just say, I didn't want to tie my entire drag race experience to plane either. I I anticipated that in our first round of <laughs> interviews when you told me that she was rotted, um, but. It, it did get pretty intense at that makeup mirror when Q oh, tried yes. to address when she said that she felt plain and validated her feelings. And then plain said she didn't respect you in a conversation that you seemingly were not part a of. Participant. And, I was not right. a participant in that conversation. Right. So can you take me back to that moment and provide maybe some context? Like was, was there anything maybe right before? Cause it seems like you guys were working pretty well together in the well, preparation yeah, for the I'm, challenge. I, I'm diva. I'm a professional. I come from yeah. the theater. I've right. worked with lots of girls I don't like mm -hmm. before, and I've you know I had to learn how to keep it cute. Um, so we you know we were doing that, and then I guess she just chose violence in that moment. <laughs> I mean, she did seem to shrink back. Like she looked shook. She looked very <laughs> shaken by by well, you. Well, because snapping I think back. because that was sort of the moment that I was fed up. <laughs> yeah. Um. That was that was I uh, that was the moment that her emerged, mm -hmm. which is yeah, just I, my inner spirit of cunt, you know, to tell her to leave me the fuck alone. Did it? How long did that confrontation last? Because you said that you were shaking, so I'm wondering if maybe with you carried rage, it over. with rage. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I would say in the moment it felt pretty quick because mm -hmm. it was like I heard it. I began to see red. <laughs> the pink walls of the workroom completely vanished. <laughs> um, and I just, I literally just, I, my mouth just started moving and words came out. Um, and I, there was like this sort of like back and forth between us. And then like sort of very abruptly, I think I remember like I looked over in the mirror and I saw how unfinished my makeup was. And I said, you know what? Like, I didn't say, you know what, bitch, I'm not doing this. But that was sort of the thought process is like, yeah, baby, I got a face. I got a mug to finish. Exactly. Exactly. So heading into this challenge, did you or maybe any of the other queens discuss with Plain or Safira, like the prospect of them saving you? Like, was there any campaigning like we usually see on All Stars? No, never. No. Although I will. And I mean, I, I think at that point, I had I pretty much knew that if Plain was going to use her immunity potion, it certainly would not be on me. Yeah. Um, and Safira, I I will say in that moment when when RuPaul asked if she wanted to use her potion, I was hoping she would use it on me because I had a feeling by that time that the day wasn't going very well for me. Yeah. Um, but before that, Joey, I in my mind, I was winning this episode. I was like, mm -hmm. this is my first win. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. Yeah. It, I was excited watching you prepare. Like I was excited watching the choreography preparation. And then on yeah. the main stage, Michelle. I literally, I felt like I was murdering it like completely up until like the runway. So you really yeah, were. It, Let me say it. It came off like that. It it came off like I knew when when you were all on the stage doing the choreo. I was like, okay. And then Michelle literally said, and I quote, "Your energy, your performance was top notch." So I'm just like, okay, the task at hand, the performance was top notch. So how did you feel about the, being in the bottom then? Like, did you do you feel that you did poorly? 
I felt like it was purely because they didn't like my runway and my, well, no, not purely. Like I remember they, you know, they had some comments about my padding and my hair getting in my face. And I was like, I was like, okay, so, so nitpicky things like, like finer details, but like essentially like I delivered what I needed to deliver. So I was like, I shouldn't be in the bottom. I I think I could still win. Yeah. Well, what was there? What what was going on with the wig? Because the wig it did seem to get in your in your face a little bit. Like I think there's two yeah. times when you like brush had to brush it out of your face. Yeah, and I to me, I guess I up until that point, like whenever I had worn human hair to perform, like I I didn't really like I would pin it on, so it was like mm-hmm. secured to my head. Um, and I guess I just sort of in my head I was like, well, if it gets in my face, I'll flip it out. Um, but since that day, I have learned the magic of spiral hairpins and you can just <laughs> twist them in and they hold so much of the hair back so that it like honestly stays out of your face. It's so cunty. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, yes, Drag Race is an educational center. So um, we... Oh, well, <laughs> it depends on who you ask. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, well, one thing I think that you attempted to educate the judges on when they asked what your runway theme, um, how your look uh integrated into the runway theme um was this the look that you had intended always to wear or can you maybe explain more about your vision for the runway well yes well yes so i um pussycat wigs have never been part of the mandatory meeting fantasy ever um so when we got that category when we were preparing i was thinking to myself i was like okay how can i use pussycat wigs to visually tell a story you know mm-hmm um, and I think I, I think I just got a little bit choked up on the main stage when Mich- when Michelle was like asking me the concept behind my look, and I mm-hmm. I don't think I was really able to articulate it as well as I would w- would have wanted to. Um, but I was like, yeah, I want to use the pussycat wigs to tell to like visually tell a story. I remember my first idea. I was gonna come out in like a fully rhinestoned like nude cat suit and then i was gonna have like a red pussycat wig and i was gonna be a match and the pussycat wig was gonna be like smoking somehow (gasps) um but then scientifically that did not work out scientifically (laughs) yeah despite me being a woman in stem i was unable to uh engineer the wig to complete the task so that was where the idea of the bird's nest came from is I was, I literally was like on my friend's living room floor and I sketched it and I was like, okay, yes. So it's like this little bird's nest around the head and like, I'll, there'll be three eggs. I'll be one of them. We'll get the little styrofoam wig head. So I'll have a pussycat wig. And to me, I was like, this is, I'm like, you know how they say on drag race when like, if the challenge is pussycat wigs, like you need to have a million pussycat wigs, like make it so annoyingly in the theme Uh i thought i was doing that i was literally like there are three pussycat wigs here like i i am giving them pussycat yeah um but yeah they weren't they weren't quite featuring it the way i thought they would they they weren't i will say though that i thought that this look for you was like the most quote-unquote like elevated drag look that we saw from you on the runway i thought it was I, I thought it. it was really cool and like yes. high and like concept and campy mm-hmm. and like I yeah I honestly and I was that was one of my five runways that I showed up to Drag Race incomplete. Um, oh, you had to complete it when you were there. Yes. Oh my god! I literally so I this is my first time ever working with any designers and I learned a lot from that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had a few designers like sort of fuck me over in the end, and I showed up with like 
five incomplete runways and I just had to like pick them up from these designers and say, you know what, like, give me, give me the pieces, give me what you have and I'm going to take it to the hotel and finish it there. Um, which, and so this, this pussycat runway was one of them and I won't, I won't mention the other ones, but um, yeah, it was something. So I like, I finished it in my hotel room and it was like a manic episode in there. Just <laughs> which part needed to be finished? I showed up with the nest. All I had was the nest. Oh and the my shoes. god! I had the nest in the shoes, and like everything else, I was wearing. I put together in the room, like the skirt, the skirt underneath, the rhinestones, the twig. It was all that was a mandatory meeting. That is, I mean, that is impressive that you finished it. That look that you finished in your hotel room, and I think it speaks to maybe what. Safira was saying and and she was saying that I think she saw you working on your makeup while you were there and then you're also doing this in your in your room but then Safira also said when Rue asked who should go home she said your name because she said you were still growing so I'm wondering like do you agree do you maybe watch this back thinking like in some world that you were maybe this wasn't your time for the show you know um I I do and I don't. Like, I don't agree that I should have gone home because I was still growing. Because I I think contrary to, you know, some people's beliefs, I think that, like, I don't necessarily think Drag Race has to be a place where you show up as a fully, you know, perfected robotic. You know, not, that, not that I'm calling anyone robotic, but it's like, I think there's this attitude now that was maybe not present in the earlier seasons where it's like you just have to show up perfect and like have it all together and I definitely think there have been a lot of people who have come through the show and sort of been perfect and had it all together Um, but I kind of I don't know and I might be a little bit presumptuous to say this but I kind of feel like me showing up and kind of being a fucking mess and just like kind of navigating my way through the fucking mess as like a human being has sort of like, I think that's why people have been like responding so positively to me. Cause it's like, they're like, Oh, that, that I know this girl. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What what was that night like back for you at the hotel after the elimination? Like, cause I know Mirage had a pretty strong reaction to her elimination last week. So what was that like for you walking off the stage and then, you know, going back to the hotel? Um, I mean, I definitely cried a lot. I definitely was really upset. I definitely was like spiraling. Um, and my my yeah. story producer literally like before, uh, before I left set, he like looked at me. He was like, "Hey, like, you know, be kind to yourself tonight." And like, mm. really like, and just such a sweet guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was very upset, and I was like, I definitely kind of thought I blew it, and I was like, you know, I this was like my shot to like. Because I'm telling you, before that night, before I literally got sent the fuck home, I was like, oh, I'm top four. Easily. <laughs> yeah. And I, like, I saw it for myself. I knew it for myself. I was like, I don't care that, like, I had a rough couple, you know, a rough go at the beginning. I was like, this, I was like, there's been tons of girls who have come here and, like, sort of fallen on their face and then, like, become a beautiful butterfly by the end of the season. And I was like, that's absolutely going to be my tea. Um... So I was a bit devastated to have that not be my fantasy. Um, but I think, it, I mean, I still think I've butterflied in my own way. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it was crazy. So then I, I, I went to the hotel, I cried, I slept, I journaled. Um, and then I woke up the next morning and like, <laughs> I opened up the, the TV and I like, I, I think I found a way to download YouTube or something. So it's like, fuck it, it's my last day in this hotel. I'm going to do it. I don't care. And I pulled up the wicked cast recording and was just like wailing the alphabet songs in order, in show order in my hotel room as I was like brushing my teeth, getting ready to go back to set. Oh, it was very sickening. Oh, Amanda, I just, it's, you know, just taking, anytime I get to take a little peek inside your brain, it is just, it is a true ride. And I am so glad that we got to know each other over these past few months. And I'm so glad that the fans are responding so well to you on this show. And I hope you're proud of what you've done. And I, I think we we all cannot wait to see what you do after this. Yeah, thanks. I'm, I, I really do feel that way. Like, I feel proud of, like, what I did get to show. Um... And, you know, the, the photo shoots that will be coming in the next few weeks and months will <sighs> let some of these girls know that I actually did show up to Drag Race with some cunty, cunty pieces. Yes, you did. That might not have gotten to see the runway. Um, and, yeah, I just kind of feel like the world is my oyster now. It absolutely is. And we can't wait to see what you do with it. Thank you so much for your time today. And um, best of luck to you. Thank you. Thank you to a mandatory meeting for joining us once again under sadder circumstances this time. Please make sure to rate us and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and please leave us a review. It will help us bring you even more exclusive interviews with drag talent going forward. And tune in next week when we'll have another interview with season 16's fourth eliminated queen. Until next week, have Have a... Quick Drag is an entertainment weekly podcast hosted and produced by Joey Nolfi and Jillian Cedarholm, produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Thanks for listening. There's weather. Cloudy weather. Ooh. No, we're in a fight.